Hey, it's Claire Edwards, and you're listening to your Best Foot Forward podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming back. It is Thanksgiving week, and I'm so thankful for all of you who listen and support me in creating a life I'm proud of and helping others do the same. So just thank you so much. I have a great guest today whose mission for everyone to have great health just really shine through in the very first moments that I met her. My guest today is Hanisha Patel, or Dr. Hanisha Patel, who is a naturopathic doctor, which you will hear her explain more about in our conversation, but she is a doctor that takes a holistic approach to our health by incorporating the aspects of mind, body, and spirit. We met at a few wellness personal development conferences I went to early this fall in Columbus, and she has been a great supporter in me towards my health, pursuing my passion of helping others create a life they're proud of, and overall just a super great person to be around. In Hanisha's and I's conversation, we chat a little bit about everything from morning routines, balance with social media, naturopathic medicine, root causes for our pains, holistic health, anxiety, journaling, what you think is good for you versus what is actually good for you, short-term suffering for long-term wellness, and non-negotiable self-care, which is super interesting to hear about from her. I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did and listen to the end where I give you my takeaways to this episode. But I've been, I've been, I wanted to mention to you that I've been really liking your um, posts about your morning yoga and meditation as Mm -hmm. the sun rises Um, and I see that on social media, but like, how has that, like, sounds like it's become like such an integral part of your life. Oh yeah. It's, it's a complete game changer. And I was, I, I mean, I just, the first time I did it, I was like, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go watch the sunrise, and then because uh, I've always known I love watching the sunset, and I was like I haven't watched the sunset in a while. Maybe I'll just do the sunrise because I like I'm a morning person, and um, so then I did that, and I was like, oh my god, this feels amazing. Like it was just like you get this like burst of energy. I don't drink coffee or anything, um, and so you, I just get like so much energy from the sun, and it's just like getting that from the very beginning of your day is, is crucial. Actually. I think, um, that's technically the way it helps to reduce melatonin levels, increase cortisol, like a good cortisol, you know, um, because that's what we should have higher levels of cortisol in the morning. And then, and, and it helps us just get ready for our day. And, and then like the gratitude, like that I start to feel like, you know, getting into the whole meditative space where what I, what I'll do is like, I'll do my sunrise flow before it actually rises. Okay. And then when it's rising, I'll just stand there in like mountain pose or cross-legged. I'll sit down. It depends on, you know, the climate. Uh, if it's rainy, I'm not going to sit down, you know, <laughs> but, um, I'll, uh, I will just stand there, sit there and watch the sun rise and 
and just be in awe because it's so cool and be like so grateful for my breath mm-hmm. something as simple as that I'm like I'm so grateful that I, I get to experience this and I was just telling someone this I was like it's funny because I'll like go into like all my gratitude things but the other or the other day I was like I was like oh my gosh the trees look so beautiful and I was like I'm so grateful for those trees they give me life and I'm like getting really excited about all these little things and then I saw this like electric wiring for like a what are they called? The phone? Oh, like the phone lines or something? Yeah. Phone lines, yeah. Like, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's so annoying. It's in my view. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's so annoying. It's there. And then I was like, wait, no. But, like, how would I be able to meet all these people that I've met? How would I be able to learn all the things that I've done and connect in this, like, way of technology and via phone? I was like, actually, I'm really grateful for that. And then I got, like, you know, and just, like, Ultimate like snowballing gratitude. Yeah, it really. Yeah, I like that snowballing gratitude. That's essentially what it was. So, how did you? Did that like take you a while to figure out that morning routine for yourself? Like, I know for me, it's taken me like trial and error to find a morning routine that I like and I love, and Mm -hmm. I can. It makes me excited to get up in the morning. So, did you kind of go through a trial and error to figure out? that that's the thing you want to do in the morning is yoga meditation as the sun rises. I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's a balance or, or it's always a little bit of a dance. I feel like that's the way to put it. Um, it's always something that is so unique to each individual, but then there are some things that we all can benefit from, you know? Um, like for me, I knew and I, I, you know, I've listened to so many um, successful people. And to me, I define success in terms of not only monetary success, but in terms of feeling at peace, feeling happy and enjoying your life while you also ha- may have monetary success. So and so there are different people I um, I view as like role models and in terms of those ways of success and pretty much all of those people had like a solid morning routine. And so I knew that I wanted to do that as well. And so it was in med school when I really started to get into it a little bit more. And I had just started my yoga practice and I was like, okay, I'm going to do sun salutations every morning for at least 10 to 15 minutes a day. And so I kind of committed to that and I realized how great I felt and so then I just kind of kept adding on to it and then I added a meditation and I added journaling uh, uh, and my well so I would drink my this is what I do most mornings is I'll drink my tea with while I'm journaling and and it's just like a whole therapeutic feeling right as soon as I wake up in the morning getting myself ready for the day and um yeah, and I, th- I think it was, like, a little slow progression of just, like, adding on little things. And now I wake up at 5, 5.30, but I don't start my day till 9 yeah. <laughs> because I, ha- I need to have my morning routine. <laughs> I remember you saying that. You're like, I have to have my morning routine. It has become so essential to, like, my success, my happiness, my peace, my life. Like, and that's so good to hear that you found something that um, that works for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's... I've noticed too, if I don't have my morning routine, then I feel like I'm not as, as 
energetic. I'm not as fun to be around. Like I said, I don't really drink coffee. So it's just like, I feel like I, I just feel more down. And normally I'm a really high energy person and I feel like it really has to do with my morning routine. Just, I can get through the whole day, but then I crash by like 9.30 PM. You know, it's fine. <laughs> don't we all, don't we all. Yeah. And that's cool how you're, I feel like you sharing your morning routine with people on social media will uh, inspire them to find their own. Because as you said, I, I completely agree with you. It has been so essential and such a game changer for your life. So keep, keep doing what you're doing. Cause I love seeing it. Great. I'm glad. And that's kind of, a, and that's a balance with social media, right? I, um, there are times where I'm about to pull out my camera. I'm like, why am I doing this? Right. Do I need to? And I'm like, just enjoy the moment. And so there are plenty of times where I've done it, where I haven't posted it, but then there are other times where I'm like, well, so-and-so told me that they really appreciated it. So maybe I should, maybe I should just do the post, you know, I'll just record this. Oh my gosh. No, I totally agree with you because I like kind of share on my story about like my daily check-in with myself and I'm like, should I be sharing this or like to help people or do I just want to enjoy this moment with myself because it is about myself and checking in with myself and oh my gosh, I totally feel you. I'm going back and forth between social media and being present and helping. Yes, I completely agree. Yeah, exactly. It gets really confusing in our world today, I feel, because because it really is like that. There are times where I'm like, I, I just... I don't, I don't take the picture, you know, there have been so many beautiful sunsets that they're, they're captured in my mind and I love it. Mental, mental photo. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I want to make sure that we get into your profession, what you do every day, which is, um, naturopathic medicine. And that's kind of like a new term. I know you were the very first person I have ever met um, that was into that, into the profession. So for people who don't know, can Mm -hmm. you explain what you do? Yeah, definitely. So uh, naturopathic medicine is a distinct primary healthcare profession. So this is kind of the the general uh, <laughs> uh, definition or explanation of what naturopathic medicine is. And uh, it essentially, we combine the wisdom of nature with the rigors of modern science. So we're kind of taking the best of both worlds and putting it together, which is really exciting. And the way we're trained is more as primary care providers. And we can treat, diagnose, and manage acute and chronic conditions. So that can be anything from things like anxiety and depression to things like cancer and Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a wide range of things. And like I said, it's, it, we can treat, cure, um, manage. We, we really work with other practitioners when need be. Um, but one of the main goals for us is to uh, find the underlying cause. Why are you dealing with what you're dealing with? And, um, and then treating using different modalities like nutrition, herbal medicine, supplementation, um, homeopathy, physical medicine, and then as needed pharmaceuticals and surgery as well. So it's very much of like meeting you, the patient, where you're at. So what do you need in your care? Because each individual is different. So I'm um, very much, I emphasize this on my social media very often uh, that 
I don't like these fad diets um, because, I mean, I like them in the sense that I, I, I understand why people are promoting them because it works for them, but that doesn't mean it works for everyone. And so what I do is very individualized. I streamline all these fad diets or all these supplements that you're seeing or herbs, herbal remedies that you're seeing online for whatever condition you're dealing with. And I'll streamline and be like, okay, actually this isn't going to be good for you. And then this actually can benefit you. So it really, I, I work on individualizing the care. Okay. Okay. Looking yeah. for that root cause. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. Then I, I think it's what I got from you most when I met you for the first time was your holistic approach to it yes. and how everything kind of comes back to our health. Definitely. Yeah. And, and that's a big part of what naturopathic medicine is. And what I do is, um, is getting to the mind, body, and spirit. That is so important. I feel like there's a lot of disconnect in our world today where um, I'll hear people talking about, I mean, and it's great. They're talking about mental health and they're talking about um, having positive thoughts and talking to yourself in a positive way. And then I'll hear people who are on the other side where they're like all about like, I need to eat so well and I have to exercise really well. And those are all obviously great things, but what I've seen is that disconnect where I'm like, you can't fully have great or optimal mental health without having optimal physical health. And you can't have optimal physical health without having optimal mental health. And, um, and you really can't have either of those without having optimal spiritual health. And it's all, it's all interconnected. And so that's what I'm like, I, I feel really passionate about uh, bringing awareness to or, or promoting is like, we need to talk about all of these things. It's not just one, even, even if it's not a pill anymore, which is great that we're not just trying to do a pharmaceutical or something, but there's more to it than just your diet and exercise. There's more to it than just having that positive self-talk and working with your um, thoughts in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super cool. And um, you had mentioned that you had gone to med school for mm-hmm. this. And so how did you end up Because, like we mentioned before, this is not, like, a huge, um, what do you call it? Like, there aren't a lot of naturopathic doctors right now. So how did you find this niche? Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess I kind of backtracking a little bit. I want to kind of go into what my education really looks like because it is a little bit different from conventional medical school. But it is four years of medical school after getting a bachelor's degree. And within those four years, the first two years, we're very much um, doing the basic sciences. It's very, um, you can't really change anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, right? That's, it's going to stay the same. We learned the pathology of different diseases and what that looks like too. So we learn what's normal and then what's abnormal. And then, um, our next two years when we're doing our rotations, we go into more detail on different modalities. So we learn condition-based nutrition. So if you have an autoimmune condition, which diet is going to be ideal for you? If you have cancer, what, what is the ideal diet for you? So kind of working through it like that. Um, but then also learning the herbal medicine aspect of what's going to help with each condition and then, um, physical medicine and kind of 
those other modalities, and then also pharmaceuticals. We uh, we get as much training in pharmacology as our conventional um, MD and DO uh, colleagues, which is really cool. But I think the main thing is that we're actually leading experts in understanding the interactions between drugs and herbs and drugs and supplements and drugs and food because there are interactions and a lot of times people don't realize that. Um, and so, so I, I want to mention that that is something that is really important to, to know, um, especially if you are taking medications because there might be some interactions with supplements, even though they sound like they would be safe, it could not be safe for you. Um, but Okay, sorry. I wanted to let you know about that. No, you're totally Back to how I discovered naturopathic medicine. I actually, I went to Ohio State and I got my bachelor's in pharmaceutical sciences, actually. And while I was studying that, I know, it seems very ironic. (laughs) But, um, But I, while I was studying it, I felt like, or I kept learning the medications and then side effects needed for medications and then um, or sorry, the side effects of the medications and then the medications needed for those side effects. Right. So it was like a constant vicious cycle. And I felt like there's gotta be other ways to practice medicine. Like this can't be the only way. And then I actually ended up traveling to Guatemala and India within, um, my undergrad career. And then afterwards as well. And I learned more about their traditional medicines and I was like, Oh, this is super cool. And, I want to learn more about herbs and um, how they could potentially help us. And I realized that there are other ways of practicing medicine. Uh, We just don't really know about it. And so while I was, um, I was talking to my optometrist and I was telling her everything I was passionate about. She's originally from Seattle where naturopathic medicine is all over. um, it's, It's a completely different world out there in Washington, but she had a naturopathic doctor And so she asked me if I'd ever heard of it. And I was like, no, what is this? And then I went home, I looked it up and I was like, this is exactly what I was looking for. Exactly what I was looking for. And then I applied and got in and I was like, that's it. This is it. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And you had mentioned how it's big out there. um, Mm -hmm. But if I remember correctly, you said that in, in Washington, you can a naturopathic doctor can be your primary physician, but in Ohio, and I know a couple other states are like that, they cannot, correct? Yes, that is correct. So we, we do have a different scope of practice um, based on the state. So um, I, I went to medical school in California where I did, I was considered a primary care doctor and I could do a lot of um, the physical exams and diagnose and treat and everything like that. And then when I was in DC, um, practicing after med school is very similar, but in Ohio, my scope is a little bit more limited. Okay. Um, but we're hoping to change that. So we're, um, we have, we're, we're working on goals of 2025. All States are fully licensed so that we can, um, provide this care to everyone, everyone all over the world, all over the country. Yeah. Why do you, do you have like a theory on why not all states have adopted naturopathic medicine as a form of primary care? I think a lot of it has to do with uh, awareness Mm -hmm. and, um, and just access. 
a lot of times, I mean, I think this is a big reason why I wanted to come back to Ohio is because if there are more of us here providing that care, then there, it increases the likelihood of it getting passed. But if, if they don't necessarily know that we even exist, then, um, it's, they're, they're not sure exactly what our background is and our education is, right? And so so it's a more of a safety thing. But then there's also the, the we, we do try to help people get off of medications. And so if we're thinking about the big pharmaceutical industries, they probably don't want people getting off of medications because then they lose money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so that's definitely a factor that, um, that is limiting when it comes to the scope of practice. Yeah, and I know you're doing a lot of work uh, with the state and advocating and doing whatever you can to get the word out. And I think that's super awesome. And I'm sure we will, hopefully we will get there where Mm -hmm. um, it can be a primary form of care. So, Yeah, definitely. And I like to say that um, I feel like we need to be holistic in all aspects of our life. And this is a part of where it's not necessarily associated with my personal health, but in terms of changing our healthcare system, we need to approach it in a holistic way. So I work with people on an individual basis, but then I also um, do a lot of talks and programs where I talk within the community. And so I'm trying to bring awareness, just public awareness, and then working on the legislative side, right? So this is how change happens is from like an individual level to a a community setting to the government level. And so that to me is a holistic approach to making a, a really big change within our healthcare system. So hopefully slowly, I mean, the, our politics is always a little slower, so <laughs> um, hopefully it'll, it'll work out soon. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure your work will help more than, you know, and advocate and bring awareness to, especially this part of the country. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I know one of your specialties or something that you hone in a lot with your patients is anxiety and anxiety is something I talk about a lot. I talk a lot about with my other guests and I was kind of wanted to see your naturopathic approach to anxiety and kind of what you recommend to your clients. I know it's on an individual basis and everybody's anxiety is different, but I kind of wanted to see your perspective on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it is very individualized. Um, however, the main things that we go into or, um, that I go into with my patients is that we do have to address it on not only the mental health side of it, because I feel like when it comes to anxiety, that's pretty obvious that that the, the mental health side of it, right? Um, but we also have to address it in terms of the physical health and your spiritual health, too. So we're going to address it from all angles instead of just focusing on, like, okay, like, what can we do for your mental health, right? What What is going beyond that? So most of our neurotransmitters are actually produced in our gut, And so I don't know if you know much about the gut brain connection, but it's a huge connection. Yeah. Do you know much about it? A little bit, but not enough. I would not (laughs) as much as I probably should. No, it's okay. Uh, Most, most people don't. Uh, So we have an entire nervous system in our gut. 
So our gut is everything from our oral cavity to our anus. So that's everything that's included in our gut. So if there's an imbalance in any of those areas, it can lead to an imbalance in any other part of your gut, which then can lead to an imbalance in the rest of your health in general, um, especially your brain health. So um, your this is this is why I'm so um, passionate about approaching it from the physical health standpoint because what, the foods that we're eating is impacting our gut directly, and if we're uh, affecting our gut in a way where we're decreasing the microbial um, diversity, there's more bad bacteria than good bacteria, then you don't have the ability to produce those proper neurotransmitters that you need in order to keep a calm state of mind. So, um, so that, that is a big part of how I approach it. So even if you have no digestive symptoms whatsoever, you may still have an imbalanced digestive tract. And if you have anxiety, then you do have an an imbalanced digestive tract. Uh, even if you have no symptoms. That's super interesting. That's not a, that's definitely not a view you hear a lot for sure. Yeah. It's definitely not conventionally known, but it is, it is completely true. So pretty much any time you have neurological symptoms, um, there, there is an imbalance in your gut, even if you have no symptoms. So, um, so that is always going to be something that I will always talk about. It's like, all right, let's talk. Let's talk about your poop. <laughs> let's talk about what that looks like. We're going to get, get really real right now. Yeah, exactly. So if you see me, we will definitely be talking about your poop. So just start <laughs> yeah, looking out for it. <laughs> you know, no big deal. But what, what would be like a super simple thing that you could do to kind of get your gut in balance and help that anxiety what is like the first thing you could do to get your gut in the right spot Uh, this is such a hard one for me to say uh but removing sugar from your diet (laughs) is going to be big easier said than done yeah exactly that's why I'm always like really hesitant I'm like oh it's easy way easy to it's really easy to say just remove sugar but then actually trying to do it is is a process and um it's because sugar feeds all the bad bacteria really and it creates a bigger imbalance in your digestive health and so i mean sugar is almost always the culprit for everything but that's going to be definitely a big thing but like I said, I approach it in all aspects of it. So then there's a mental health piece of it. Um, one of the main things that I talk about is journaling. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I've, I've heard your podcast and I, I remember you talking about it and I got so excited <laughs> because I'm like, yes, everyone needs to be journaling. And I mean, it's a huge part of it. And, And and it can, like, I mean, I talk about different ways. I I don't know exactly how you talk about journaling, but I'm, like, you know, talking about the things you're grateful for, um, your gratitude journal, your affirmations, things like that. But then also sometimes just, like, word vomit, Mm -hmm. just, like, getting everything that's going on out of your mind and onto a piece of paper because you can't possibly write as fast as you can think. And so it does streamline your thoughts. So, um it's, it's a great way to help with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Definitely. No, obviously people know I completely agree. And that 
has been a game changer in my life too. Uh, yeah, but going off of that, how I know a lot of people who, in their approach, when I say, "Oh, journal," like it makes such a big difference in your life, they'll say something like, "Oh, I don't like to write," or "Oh, that's not really my thing." What is what would your response kind of be to that? Because I don't really, I would, I don't honestly don't really know what to say because you know you don't want to force anybody or tell anybody to do anything that doesn't feel good to them. You want people to be doing what feels good to them. Mm-hmm. With what's interesting about that is because it, there is a balance again of what people think is good for them and then what actually is good for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a big barrier that, um, people, I think, I think it helps them to actually work through in a way. Um, it's not something that I expect people to just like, you never did it and you have no interest and then you just pick it up and do it. But the, the thing I actually talk about a lot, or I feel like is really important to be aware of is, uh, there's always some level of short-term suffering for long-term wellness. And um, there are always going to be things like removing sugar. That's, that's suffering. That's short-term yeah, suffering, yeah. right? I mean, uh, I don't know if you've tr- tried to remove sugar from your diet. No. No, okay. not, I've not done, tried that. <laughs> yeah, definitely full-on withdrawals. Like, I feel it. You know, I'm just like, I just want an effing cupcake right now. Right. Um, but what actually helped me while I was doing, when I first started removing sugar was journaling, writing it down. I would write down my thoughts. Be like, I just want an effing cupcake right now <laughs> and I can't eat it. And this is so annoying that I'm do, doing this. I don't know why I do this to myself. I don't know why my body has to go through these because I had a lot of autoimmune issues. And so I was trying to work through them and I was like, why do I have to deal with this? You know, I like started to get really, you know, into that victim mentality with that's obviously also not the healthiest thing, but at least I was able to express it. And then I was like, okay, actually, then I switched it around and I was like, well, I'm actually grateful for my body for being able to handle all these things that I'm constantly exposing it to. And I was able to just turn that around within my journaling experience. And then all of a sudden I didn't care for that cupcake anymore. Huh. No, I like you know? that. That's a good strategy. Huh. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I, I yeah. Journaling is great for any sort of, any, if you're making dietary changes too, like, again, you can't have the physical health without the mental health. We need it. It's, it all works together. Yeah. And I loved your comment on anything. What did you say? The sh- you have to have short-term suffering to have long-term success. That mm-hmm. is so, that can literally be applied to anything. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen that in anything that you've tried that has paid off. Oh, yeah, definitely. When it comes to your health, if you're starting a business or something like that in the workplace, like starting a business is a lot of work and um, there is like some short-term suffering that comes with it. You're not making as much money as you did when you were in your corporate job or whatever it is, but long-term, you got to think long-term and, and that's a big part of practicing patience then, which is not practiced enough in our in our culture in our society right now and that is a big part of what we I feel like as a whole we can all work on uh, to better ourselves and in our situations 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it kind of goes with the holistic approach of things. Um, I was kind of thinking about this today of kind of with the patients thing and the holistic view. When you're working with your patients, do you ever find you having trouble getting them to kind of disconnect from the titles that they have for themselves and have that patience to kind of make a change in your life. Um, Kind of like in terms of, say they're a lawyer and they're like, I work this many hours and I'm healthy for being a lawyer. Or I'm a mom and I am healthy for being a mom because I do all of this work. Do you see people kind of having trouble having the patience to make a change in their life does that does that make sense I think I just rambled off a lot of words yeah no no no. I mean that is so common right um we I and I think that is that is definitely a challenge that most of us go through at some point it's like okay I mean but for x y and z that I've been through I'm doing pretty well And you probably are, and you may be, right? You may be doing pretty well. However, there's always room for improvement, right? Um, No matter how far along our healing journey that we've come, there's always going to be room for growth and further healing. And I would like to say healing is a journey that's not linear. Ideally, it's going on a positive trajectory, but there's always ups and downs. Um, and so, and, but, but ideally you're also still always going on a positive trajectory because whenever we limit ourselves like that, then we're, we're starting to either plateau or go into a negative trajectory. And that is not what we want at all. Um, but yeah, it can, it can definitely be a challenge to help people break through those barriers and it, it really depends again on the patient. Some, you know, there's some patients who are like, all right, what did you say? I'm going to do that right now. I'm like, I'm going to start journaling. I'm going to, I fully remove sugar from my diet. You know, it's done. Um, and then there are some patients who are like, wait, uh, let's take it a little bit slower. And, and usually I work with them in that sense. Like, okay, was removing sugar a little too, too hard. Let's talk about like paleo desserts that you can make. And so we can transition. Right. So it's like, less sugar, mm-hmm. um, and then adding more vegetables, right? So little, little changes for certain people that I was one of those people. I need small changes. Mm-hmm. I can't, I was definitely, I'm not a type A person at all. So someone told me to remove sugar way before I actually did. And I was like, you're, you're funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, same with journaling, all these things. It, it took me time to actually, feel comfortable with it. There were a few people and few podcasts that I listened to where they talked about journaling. And then finally I was like, okay, I should do this. Oh my God. No, I was the same way. I think it took like probably listening to like 15 trillion different people before I actually started doing something about it. Right. Yeah. And, and it just depends like, um, for myself personally, I did deal with some anxiety uh, in the past, I can safely say that I do not deal with it anymore. Um, but I did deal with it in the past and I would definitely have some test or performance anxiety. 
uh, where my mind, like I was the one who would be helping all my friends and um, colleagues with all the things on our exam. And then I would just blank during the exam. Right. Or if I had to do a presentation, I would just be like, what? I, I would just stop and freeze. And then there was a point where I was under, it was, I was in medical school and I was under a lot of stress and I wasn't expressing my truth. So I wasn't being fully honest with my parents at the time. I wasn't being fully honest with my boyfriend at the time and with myself. Mm-hmm. And there was a point where I kind of snapped and I had a panic attack. And when I had that panic attack, it I mean, it's so less than ideal, right? It's not a fun experience whatsoever. And after I had that, I was like, I need to get my life together. Like, I don't want, that sucked. I don't want to experience that ever again. And as soon as I had that realization, I was like, all right, make shifts in my life. I, I, you know, I started journaling. I started my yoga practice. And so sometimes there, we need an extra kick in the butt, um, like that. But I, I, and that's why ever since that one panic attack, I never had one ever again. And so even before this talk, but before this interview, I did my one minute meditation and I do that before every talk, at least one minute. Um, but I also do my meditation in the morning and the evening, but this is just like before, you know, uh, an event where I could have a higher level of stress or whatever. And, and then I feel, feel fine. Yeah. No, it's interesting to hear that just that one moment made you shift your whole life because you probably came to yourself and you were like, my life doesn't have to be like this. Like, I don't have to have these panic attacks. I don't have to feel like this all the time. And I think that's what a lot of people are feeling is that we're feeling stuck and we can, it is possible to make a change and we can make those small changes so that we don't have to feel, you know, the anxiety and just like super shitty. And so I thank you for sharing your story. Cause I think a lot of people need to hear and like to hear about like people making these changes in their life and being successful at it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and we really do have that power to make that change. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all up to us. And it's not like I started meditating and all of a sudden my anxiety was gone, right? That's not, that's not how it works. It took years of practice and continuous practice where every, I mean, every day is a different day. Maybe there's another stressor that was completely unexpected that comes my way. I just recently had an unexpected stressor a few weeks ago and um, but I've worked on myself so much that I allowed myself to feel, I was like, okay, I'm going to feel whatever I need to feel. I actually went into a meditation right after hearing the news and I was like, I'm going to feel whatever I want to feel. And I just bawled my eyes out. I like completely had a breakdown. Um, but it felt so, I mean, it felt terrible at, at the time. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, I was like, this sucks. I hate feeling. Uh, <laughs> and then right after, um, like a few hours later, I felt good. I was like, okay, done, done with that. Like that's off my chest and I was able to sleep. And, you know, I'm sure like there will always be other things that may trigger it or whatever, but it was so much easier. And then I was able to live in a peaceful 
way the rest of the night, the week, you know, like it's not affecting me on the daily. Whereas if we don't allow ourselves to actually go through these motions and go through that short term suffering, Mm -hmm. which I definitely like going through that breakdown, that was a short term suffering. Mm -hmm. If I didn't go through that, then I'd be in a constant state of what I call meh. Yes. (laughs) Right. And it's, it's not ideal. And then that meh can, it, just, I don't even, I feel like there was a better term for it. <laughs> but, Describes it pretty nicely. Meh. Describes it pretty nicely, meh. Yeah, meh. Right. Um, and so we just, if, if we're constantly in that, it builds up mm-hmm. and builds up. And then that's when we get things like panic attacks mm-hmm. and um, whatever else, health issues. Some people present in so many different ways. I presented with like extreme chest pain and my throat felt like it was, I was being choked. Um, but then I had a patient who she would have all all gut symptoms and everyone like we did, they did colonoscopies for her. They did her CT scans and it turns out she was having panic attacks. Um, and, and so that's another reason why it's important to (laughs) check on your gut Mm -hmm. and your gut health. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) No, I, I thank you for sharing. Yeah. No, I, I liked hearing that, um, kind of rolling into, the question that I ask all of my guests, which is, what are you most proud of, of how you put your best foot forward in your life, your health, and just creating a life you're proud of for yourself? Yeah, I think a lot of what I just said was I'm really most proud of my self-care routine and habits that I've created where they become non-negotiables. It's, it's, I mean, you know, there are certain things that will, maybe you'll slip up maybe a day or two, like where I don't see the sunrise. Right. But most of the time, like it's, it's pretty much like, no, even if I don't see the sunrise, because maybe there wasn't mm-hmm. a sunrise <laughs> because of the weather, but I still, do, do my meditation. I still do my, my yoga flow in the morning. I still make my breakfast and journal and, you know, I, and I work out every morning or I either work out or do yoga. It depends. Um, and so creating that. And I think I'm most proud that despite going through medical school or I think a lot of it has to do because I went to medical school Mm -hmm. and because I went to naturopathic medical school where we would be constantly promoting health and how to take care of yourself. I was like, okay, I'm going to practice what I preach. And I would just constantly, um, work on myself. You know, that was, like I said, that was when I started my yoga routines. That was when I started my meditation practice. That was when um, I started journaling. So a lot of changes happened in medical school. And and I feel like it actually helped me more. So anytime before a test, my board exams, normally those exams are extremely stressful and anxiety-provoking for me. But I would just do my breathing exercises right before. And I would, I was, you know, I passed and it was totally fine, right? And, um... And it, it was just so helpful and that I had created these habits. Mm-hmm. And, and then when I was working in D.C., working 10 to 12 hours a day, I was still making sure to take care of myself. So I saw this thing uh, where it was like, write a list. I, I encourage you and your listeners to do this if you haven't yet, but write a list of things you enjoy doing and then write a list of um, from that list, what are you doing every day? Mm. And... I, when I, when I saw that, 
it was probably like a year ago or something, but I saw that and, um, I decided to do it for myself. And I was like, I actually do do most of these things that I enjoy every day, Hmm. which is a really cool feeling, right? When I'm like, oh yeah, or at least once, like one of the things I enjoy doing a lot is dancing. And so it's like at least once a week I'm dancing, you know? Um, and then I really enjoy yoga. So I am doing that every day. I I love watching the sun and I am doing that most days. Right. So there are certain things that I was just like, wow, I, I really am living the life that I truly desire. Mm -hmm. And you've created this over time and that you've reached that state where you just feel so like you're living the proud life that you want. Yes, definitely. And, and I don't want it to sound like I have everything together because I definitely don't. And there are definitely some (laughs) rooms for improvement. And, um, so like, I am still working on like things that I am working on is like more my spiritual side. So I talked about how the mental and physical health, I talked a lot about that, but a lot of times we forget about that spiritual health, which is so important. Um, because it's, it's what brings us all together. And, um, that's something that I'm definitely, still working on, I've, um, working on balancing my feminine energy or like mm-hmm. nurturing more of my feminine energy, mm-hmm. uh, because I've always been more of a masculine dominant person, mostly because I feel like in our culture, in our society, we've been taught that in order to be successful, you have to be a little bit more masculine dominant. And so I've been going with that mindset and now I'm like, wait, no, my creative feminine energy is like where all the power is. And so I'm really trying to hone into that. And, um, but I'm proud of myself to be able to like come to these realizations where like, Oh, this is where I need to work on. Right. And so I'm I'm really grateful for that. And be super aware. That's awesome. That's good for you. Um, so where can people find you if they want to connect with you or keep up with what you're up to? Where can they find you? Yeah, so I would say I'm probably most active on Instagram, mm-hmm. but I also have a Facebook account and a YouTube, which actually I'm pretty active on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those are holistic Kanisha. So it's just holistic, H-A-N-I-S-H-A. Mm-hmm. And um, you could follow me there, follow me, my my sunrise flows and, <laughs> and all the things that I get into. And, um, I always, I, I try to post some good informational educational nuggets on there as well. I do a medical Monday every Monday. And, um, now I'm doing that through the podcast that I started and, uh, that's called Mahan health. That's M A H A N Mahan literally translates to great in Sanskrit. And this is, what I'm all about. It makes no sense to me than to have the absolute best when it comes to your health. And that's why I decided to name my podcast Mahan Health. And um, so you can listen to me there on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the things. But also I do a video series so you can also watch on YouTube. Perfect. I'll make sure to link all of those in the show notes so that people have them. Great. And then my website is drhanishapatel.com. So um, you can easily find me and I'm sure you'll link that as well. Um, I do practice, uh, in Ohio, but I do practice telemedicine and telehealth where I see people, uh, virtually. So if you're not in the Columbus, Ohio area, then, um, then there's definitely potential for us to continue to work together. So definitely reach out. 
I yeah, I didn't know that you did that virtually. So yeah, I'll definitely yes, that'll be perfect. I'll make sure we have all of your information in the show notes so that people can connect with you. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I'm trying to get everyone access to this, and it's hard when um, there's not that many, like you said, there's not that many naturopathic doctors. So um, I think virtual health is becoming really popular because of that. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this, and I'm glad we got to catch up. Me too. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, reaching out, and I, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I loved this conversation with Hanisha. Some of my key takeaways from this episode were, one, As we heard, health is holistic and we really need to be paying attention to our mind, body, and spirit. And if one of those suffer, our entire health suffers. So we really need to be approaching our health from a holistic view. And the second thing I took away from this episode was I love how Hanisha talked about how sometimes short-term suffering can lead to long-term wellness and sometimes we just have to do those hard things and push through it for a little bit to get to the goal we want and get to the place we want to be in our health. So those are the takeaways I got. I'd love to hear the takeaways that you guys got from this conversation as there was so many good things that Hanisha had to say. If you want to connect with her, I will put all the ways you can in the show notes. So Instagram, her website, YouTube, check out her podcast, Mahan Health. I know a lot of you guys that listen are in the Columbus area. So if you're looking for a naturopathic doctor or want to learn more about naturopathic medicine, Hanisha is a great resource in Columbus as that is her home base. And she also does a couple of speaking events, so you can connect with her at those. I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends. I encourage you to be present with them this week and take this time that is set aside to just be together. I know for me, I'm really going to try to focus on being off my phone this week and just be with my family and friends. Yeah, I'll show up here and there on my Instagram at Hey It's Claire Edwards, but I challenge all of us to just take the time to have real conversations around the table with the people we love this week. Thank you guys again for listening and go out and create a life you're proud of.